Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 177 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. I am your host, I'm Matt, over there. Wait, there's no Danny? There's no Big G? There's no Anthony? Fucking Big Daddy Robs came in here and fired them all because he is here now. They all got like the, the, the flu and they're all crapping their pants and couldn't make it. I'm happy to have to come in. Dude, the flu is a big thing. Call call you daddy. (laughs) Starting off strong. Normally you call me cousin, but the Olsons are hosting this tonight. The Olson Family Podcast. Is that an actual podcast? It is now. It is now. This is the Olson Special. Oh, the double Olson Special. Olson Double Special. The double They called out the uwu. The (laughs) uwu? I'm in. I'm in on this. Awesome. We're overjoyed that you all decided to join us for this episode. Uh, I do want to take a moment to express our sincerest gratitude to you, dear listener, for tuning into This Week in MTG. We know that there are countless other MTG podcasts out there to choose from, and we are honored that you have chosen to listen to this one. As a fellow Magic the Gathering enthusiast, we are all passionate about bringing you the latest news, updates, and insights from the world of MTG. It's our goal to provide you with a fun and informative listening experience each and every episode. We appreciate your support and your feedback, and we want you to know that we're always striving to improve and make our podcast the best it can be. Why don't, uh, so we can't do it without you, and we are grateful for your continued support. Uh, so from all of us here at This Week in MTG, thank you for listening, and we hope that you continue to continue to join us on this podcasting journey. Fun fact about that. I finally jumped into chat GPT and I was like, make an intro for this week in MTG. And That's that, where that came from. That I could never write shit as good and concise as that. That is chat GPT doing some legwork. <laughs> thank, thank God for that, that application. It's amazing so far. And uh, <laughs> I tried, I also tried, uh, I saw someone was like, you can, you can have it ask to make a, a, a deck for you. And I'm like, okay. So I tried to uh, I input it a couple cards. And I'm like, make a deck with Kefnet, God Eternal Kefnet, and Mind Splice Apparatus in Pioneer. And it did not make it Pioneer legal. It made it Legacy legal because it's like, brainstorm <laughs> days. Well, hey, it doesn't even know Pioneer. Doesn't it pull its data from like 2007 or 18? Oh, does it? Yeah, that's on you, bro. Oh, I was unaware that that was the case then. Yeah, they they that's the whole gimmick is you can only get like old data. You can't get anything like relatively new cuz it doesn't pull from a from a, a database farther back. The more you know. I I was unaware of that. I'll have to try again. Yeah, GPT uh traveling in time. It's way back machine-esque. Yes. That's actually that's mind-blowing that it doesn't pull from anything recent. Oh no, no, that's on purpose. Like don't don't let it can confuse you that's that's intentional oh i gotta imagine it's intentional and it, I, they gotta have some freemium options oh is that how they get you the premium is where you get all the the recent data then yeah okay burr, 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 burr. 
Also, want to give a big special thank you to the patrons of this podcast. Their monetary support goes to hosting the website and the podcast feed, along with buying the packs and the cards for those Patreon giveaways and for shipping the said packs and cards. So, big, ginormous thank you to Wade97, Mew the Fox, Noah, Slade, Nikki, Nomad, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, KCB, Taylor M, and Ricky R. Thank you to each of any... Thank you to each and every one of you crazy bastards for the support. It blows our mind that you want to support the content that we are making. Quick note here, Robs. We got Danny in the chat saying, who's that sexy man over there in those red glasses? Uh, Excuse me, they're rose-colored? And uh, he knows who this is. (laughs) Uh, I did confirm. Chat GPT pulls from 2021 as the cutoff. Okay. So it does not have the last couple years. Should have Pioneer then at that point. Yeah, it should have the most of it, yeah. But it gave me a Brainstorm. Oh, well. Brainstorm is a great card, nonetheless. If you want to be crazy and supporting us too, check out our Patreon in the links down below. We have two tiers, a $3 and $10. $3 gets you put in for monthly drawings for booster packs that fit into a monthly theme. $10 gets you put into drawings for commander playable cards that are valued between $15 and $20. Bucks. Also fitting into that theme. If you're unable or don't feel like supporting us on Patreon, you can also support us by sharing this episode with your playgroup or your LGS. Another excellent way of supporting us is by rating and reviewing us on whatever podcatcher that you're listening to on. And the final way currently that you can support us is to check out the amazing store J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming located in Fargo and say that the guys at This Week in MTG said hello. Speaking of J-Dubs, let's hear an ad from them now. J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. So thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, with all that podcast business out of the way, let me give you the breakdown of this week's episode. First up, we're going to go over to the Boggle Desk, which Big G, bless his soul, he wrote up a Boggle Desk report for us to go over here. And we'll talk about last events, some upcoming events. And then from there, we're going to jump straight into the news. We got news on the return of Command Fests. We got Watsi named one of the most innovative companies, which, you know, good for them good for them and then we got a banded restricted update unfortunately no danny here to be taking that but we got robs who will be leading us with the banded restricted announcement take all the fun just give it to me i got you after that we're going to move to the conjured currency section where we talk about magic finances and robs got a couple hot picks for us so this is going to be a fun section as well i'm looking forward to that then from that, we're going to end the podcast. And those watching live, stick tuned to the end because it looks like we're going to have a thought cast of the return of Oko. I bet Danny is the one that put this one in. On purpose. Yes, because he likes... <laughs> I, th- I think he actually tried to put it in last week. Danny, correct oh. me if I'm wrong. 
And he, just, he just knew I was coming and wanted to delay it. It's very, very possible. He's like, I sense Rob's is going to be here. And I bet Danny's a little sad that he's not actually here for this now because of this. Poor Danny. Poor Danny. May your diarrhea explosion be, be well with you. Man, I swear to God, if Danny, Danny, if you're still here and you're listening and you're playing pool, <laughs> we're going to have some words. He, he has definitely been like, I'm going to play pool league tonight. It's like, but we're your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get him to check the cameras check the cameras let's start off with uh, a salt and sugar report here so salt and sugar uh robs if you got any magic salt and sugar-esque uh experiences now is your time to share them we got a uh, big g who has noted in here that he got his complete bundle and pulled an uh an all will be one and jace plus some other goodies as well, Big G, if you're listening, I need that, Jace. Uh, that is now becoming a close to mill staple. Yes. It's and not quite there, but uh, I think it can be a, a one of in modern mill decks. Uh, I've seen lists currently. They're running like three of and stuff of Jace because like the, the, the temple play with that, it's like you just drop that on three and you can like hold back an aggro deck. Like you hold back a Regavan from doing shit. Right, that's, a, that's it's very meta dependent depending mm-hmm. on how many copies. But I think all, no matter the meta, one copy remains in there. Yeah, it's a great card. So yeah, Mildex picking that up. Do, do you have any sugar there, Robs? Oh, the stuff I got. Yeah, what's what's your sugar report? Have you had any good my, game experience? Okay, my sugar report is ruining my wallet, and I got a Norwood Priestess. Uh, for those that don't know, Norwood Priestess was printed in the Portal series. Portal series was originally intended for international markets, and there's very few English copies out there. So, especially Portal Three Kingdoms, that was the lowest printed of all of them. Uh, the only English copies we got were out of like Australia or something. Um, so, Norwood Priestess four drop for a one-one elf creature. Uh, on this is how it's read. It's errated, of course, to clean it up. On your turn, before you attack, you may tap Norwood Priestess and put any green creature from your hand into play without paying for it. That's fucking so, wild. The, the closest thing we had to it was it was a jackal from Amonkhet. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it uh, used that uh, not a, I want to say extort mechanic, but uh, Ex- exert to tap, put a counter on it, and I can't untap next turn. Exert. Exert. So yeah, exert counter. When you attack, you can exert it and then put a uh, green creature from your hand into play. Uh, this is just tap, so you don't actually have to sack your creature into into attack to get it done, and it untaps next turn to do it again. It is really good. It's a it's an elvish piper. You don't have to pay for. Correct. Because I think it's, what elvish piper is green one, or is it just a green? I think it's green one. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Did you get that? So did you find that like on online? Is it uh, an expensive card or is it just? A good- I use a tool called TCG Sniper and waited for the price to hit and then uh, snipe that bad boy in the cart. You know what I'm saying? Dude, dude. Yes. I love TCG Sniper for that. We got a specific thing uh, after the counter currency talking about TCG Sniper and I'd love to, <laughs> excuse me. I'd love to get hear more about that when we get to that point. So I, I don't know. I don't got a sugar report. I guess my sugar report is uh, I played some spell table online with uh, Jason Ashcraft of Planeswalker this last uh, Friday. I think it was Friday. And played against uh, 
played a, a couple other metal musicians, uh, Lycanthrope, James of Lycanthrope, and Damien of Thorsgard. So that was pretty cool. I didn't win. I didn't win. But I took out Jason. I was playing my morph deck. And my morph deck is very funny. It's it's just Azuri morphs. Simic morphs. It's best way to describe it. It's nothing too good, nothing too... Oh, and plus one, plus one counters. And I was able to uh, to win there because of that. Or I didn't win. I beat Jason because uh, Damien, who had Kenrith, gave all my morphs trample with a bunch of plus one, plus one counters on them. So... Seems rude clap some cheeks i was not i was not prepared to kill jason at that point i was just hoping to hoping for him to block so he'd lose some of his blockers so that way because he had uh he, he was playing jason was playing an artifact white deck and had some he had a worm coil engine on like turn three that i exiled <laughs> and stuff so he was he was a very good threat at that moment and i'm like well let's just keep the blockers and stuff down so i'll attack these big morphs at you and he was at pretty low life. Uh, one thing about Jason is he loves Mana Crypt, and Mana Crypt does not love him. So he always, almost always takes the damage from Mana Crypt. We were on like Mana Crypt, uh, Mana Crypt count six, I think, by the end of the game. So he, he took 18 damage from Mana Crypt. Well, there's your salt right there. <laughs> that his salt. Uh, I didn't, I mean, I don't know. I didn't have much salt. Did you have any salt, Robs? Well, I play a lot on Spelltable. I don't know if you guys have tried it. Uh, I think it's Spelltable.com. You can sign up for an account. It's uh, Wizards purchased it. It's the best way to play Magic during COVID. Uh, you grab your webcam, you point it towards your desk, and you play with a lot of uh, people across the uh, the world on Magic, and it's a lot of fun. It's like walking into a local game store you've never been to and sitting down with a bunch of random players every game. Super fun. But there are different levels, especially if you're playing Commander games, which are the most popular. There are different levels of uh, skill that you can go through. Uh, it's generally a 1 through 10. Uh, 9 and 10 being the competitive EDH decks that have potential to win on one turn 1 or 2. Uh, so those matches, they get particularly salty. And you get people going, excuse me, but in response. You know, those type of people. So uh, what, what I do is I definitely have some competitive CDH decks, but they're generally to counter and shit on people like that's parade so uh even if i don't have something to play when someone you know starts arguing or fighting and i recommend this if you're playing spell table uh just say in response i play urza's middle finger and then just flip off the camera <laughs> and immediately the entire play circle will uh, lighten up and have a good time <laughs> i gotta so, remember uh, that now you know if they're, if they're being salty hold that urza's middle finger for them because it works every time uh, i gotta remember that yeah I mean, you could also take off your sock, put your foot up there, or just buy players as big toe. You know, it, there, there's limits, but uh, middle finger is pretty classic. It is. Just give give everybody a good old Urza's middle finger. For sure. <laughs> but there's the uh, salt and sugar. Big G wrote up a quick update from last week on the Paradox Modern RCQ. He didn't go into too much detail, but he let us know the top eight decks that were played. So this was modern, top eight, first deck that won. Oh, wait, I think I tried to guess this. I think I guessed Merktide was the number one deck that won. And Merktide, blue-red Merktide, took number one uh, with Brent. Brett. Casey was running Atraxa Grand Unifier deck, which is exciting to see. Uh, I imagine the list has to do something about, like, reanimating that is that what the Atraxa thing is or is the new Atraxa decks doing the indomitable creativity kind of thing there 
one of those two. I mean, there's a lot of ways. It's just attracts is the end bomb. How can you get there? Yeah, and it just fills your hand, and it's the, the, it attracts wins so much combat. Yes, I, I just shocked that there's only one hammer time deck on the entire entire top eight. Like yeah. I figured there'd be at least a couple, but when you have burn doing so well right now, yeah, which is the third third place deck, Boros Agro. I guess maybe that's not burn necessarily, but I mean, they gotta have they gotta have uh, it's, it's this flavors flavors uh, version. Then we we got, haven't had a, a true like standard burn since Amonkhet, uh, oh so this is the closest thing to. As as soon as we get a, another version of Ramanop Ruins, yes, then we're gonna then we're gonna have another standard burn season. <laughs> In fourth place, Henry was running Golgari mid range. That could be a wide variety of things, but if I had to guess, I think the Golgari mid range would be Yagmoth, uh, Yagmoth combo there. Cody was in fifth place and running Dredge. Don't know what variant of Dredge that is. Could be the classic Dredge with like the cycling or the Vengevine Dredge. And then we got a second Boros Burn deck run by uh, Nahu. Aiden is the seventh place deck running Blue White Hammer Time. So really prioritizing those spell pierces because when you got Blue White Hammer Time, it's primarily spell pierce that you're going to be running that's making it blue and then i think orval the old form is just indomitable creativity tech so maybe and then eighth place rounding it off i I need to go play some mill at paradox is what i need to do it's a good season for mill yes mill yeah a professional mill player i need to get over there and start uh start ripping up some of this the other metagame i think it'd be good like right now and, and especially now adding Jace, you have Tasha Sidious Laughter, you have Jace. You got, you got eight crabs. You got the eight crabs. You have yeah. the archive trap. And like like that alone is just like a good setup for Mill. And just and that's just mono blue. You don't even have to like go into black for the um Brown in the lock has made it so you have removal or a counter spell. Oh it's just God. uh it's it's finally up there. It's now tiered. When it comes to mill, does mill typically, since you're more of the mill player, does mill typically run a Leyland of the Void in the sideboard, or are they going for more of the surgical extraction there to kind of like at least uh, meta dependent? So there was a time where surgical extraction was it, and there was a time for void. So it just depends. Right now, I'm surgical extraction uh, just because I have the uh, there's a one mana um, split second version that I have extirpate. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, that I utilize a lot because I my meta quote unquote was against control decks. Yes, then you definitely got to have that split I got second there quickly. It's like, oh, you got shit in there. Well, this is uncounterable. Take care of that shit and the rest of that shit in your deck. You know, Mills at a good point when Glimpse the Unthinkable is considering to be pulled out of decks now. That's what the card was like called. Two mana Glimpse. for ten for ten mil is like questionable and how how value it is yeah what's so that, that used to be the default value like nothing was better than two mana 10 mil yeah because the closest thing that came to that was uh the breaking and entering card from ravnica but that was a that was a fuse card and it was two mana mil eight and it's like no you don't you don't you don't do that just glimpse the unthinkable i remember when glimpse the unthinkable was like 30 bucks or whatever and i was trying to make a mill deck at that point to get into modern and i'm like oh those are expensive and i think 
you can check me if I'm wrong, but I think Glimpse, Glimpse the Unthinkable is now encroaching around a bulk rare, probably around, maybe not bulk, five to, between five and ten bucks is my guess. Glimpse the Unthinkable? Yeah. Yeah, it, it also got reprinted, but it's just not as prevalent as before. The uh, big replacement is Fractured Sanity. There you, we uh, go. Three that came 14, out. Or you cycle, so you get a card and do four. I mean, it's just as flexible as you need. It is very good. And I, you don't have to dip into black more, so you don't have to have as much fixing as you used to. So technically, unless you have the fatal pushes, which you have to have, the modern mill is going less and less uh, black. Yeah, so you're just keeping the black pretty much for the drown of the lock, and I guess now the, the fatal pushes. Right, and uh, Baleful Mastery is becoming more and more important. Oh my god. Some people even main deck it because it removes exiles a creature or planeswalker and people think of that draw as being a negative well it's just one more card you've pulled away from their deck so it's another piece of mill yes uh baleful mastery is one of my favorite cards i love it right now because i am in the process of brewing like not only just a pioneer narset deck in black blue but also trying to do like uh modern narset deck but in modern, you just got like you got to have white for Teferi there to make that kind of combo go well. But in Pioneer, Pioneer, you could just keep it blue black and have uh, Baleful Mastery there. And I just uh, I got it, I got it, I got a list. Baleful Mastery is just two mana exile, draw a card. I, I, a lot of times it's like that extra card probably won't be as scary as the thing that you're exiling there. <laughs> Exile that Karn. What are they gonna get? Something bad? You're exiling a, an Ugin. Ugin already did its thing, but now it's gone. Bye-bye. So that is what we have for the event results there. Uh, Pioneer Paradox Pioneer Store Championship and the J-Dub Store Championship. Big G did not get the information from those yet. So I guess we'll come back to you next week with that. For upcoming events... Just a reminder, tickets go on sale this week, March 9th, for MagicCon Minneapolis. Join the This Week in MTG Discord and keep in contact with us because we are planning to be there for the weekend and we're going to have funnins that we typically have there. Robs, are you going to be making it to Minneapolis? Well, 9th is uh, Thursday, so I work oh, no, no, Thursday, no. Friday. No, no, so oh. MagicCon is May 5th through the 7th the tickets are just going on sale march 9th okay i was gonna say like that this is like a couple days from now uh so it's it's, what date again may may 5th through the 7th it's the first weekend in may i might have to join you maybe you join you a little late but i might have to join you okay so right now currently we have an airbnb booked and yeah we got we got a lot of people what do we got you got to post the uh, address on the uh, Patreon page so they can come stalk you. Yeah, we can do that too. And uh, come, jo- come join us for that. We're going to have, yeah, we, we got, Danny and I, we got the pa- the Patreon. We got the Airbnb booked last week. And I think we got six people, eight people right now that are going to be coming down. So Rob's, if you'd like to join. Danny, I'll and I- some belly button lint and show up. Yeah, show down anytime. Danny and I, we're going to be going down there the day before and staying the day after. So we're going the 4th and staying through the 8th. It's it's an extended vacation for me. There you go. So, you got to break away. Yeah. And and the missus agreed. I'm like, can I go down a day early and stay a day later? And she's like, yeah, 
yeah, you can. I'm like, woo. Yeah, get out of here. I'm sick of you. <laughs> Go. So there's We're that. Many petties in the living room. Uh, she got uh, she got a pedicure with her her friend here last weekend, and it's impressive. The, uh, she was telling me how it's like UV lights, and she's like, this shit can stay on on your toes for like months. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. So that that's that's your hint to quit suckling on the toes, bro. Quit suckling on the toes. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's hard to pass up. And then when it was like the paint in there, it just adds that extra flavor. That's you know. But now you can't get into it because it doesn't chip as easily. So uh, Paradox Commander Party. Yeah, dude. This Friday, Obi-Wan, they'll be hosting its third of the four installment saga of the Phyrexia Obi-Wan events. Entry fee is five bucks, 6 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Open play Commander Pods says here, choose your allegiance to one of the five Phyrexian Praetors and prepare to take part in the multiverse-spanning conflict of conquest. Once you choose, you'll receive a faction card you'll use to gain special powers and abilities throughout the night. God damn, that seems kind of cool. It really does. Uh, Play games with friends new and old. Choose your opponents and fellow commander players all night long as you work to gain power for your faction. As the game continues, you and your fellow Magic fans will unlock more secrets cooperatively. Uh, from our commander party map bring any commander deck of your choice first time players can try the new phyrexia all be one commander decks veterans can bring their nastiest homebrews and everyone is welcome <sighs> when you just hear nastiest homebrews it's just like ugh, ugh. you worry a little bit about that when i think of nasty homebrews and nasty in like the good way where the deck does everything your Norn deck still just pops up as like number one deck. When I see, it's like, oh, this is going to be a mine. Yeah. Norn the wary. It's going to be a bumpy I mean, ride for your commander. There. I need a new copy of the Norn for that deck, but that is uh, definitely tempoed for people to hate. And it makes for good games. All right. So I feel like they should also add. So listen to me, Rich. I know you're listening to the podcast. If you're going to do this commander night, and you're going to have people pick the, uh, their color and favorite uh, Praetor, right, of the five Praetors, uh, you should uh, add, add a bonus one for the two people that are going to ask about the colorless Praetor uh, that doesn't exist yet. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, custom card lore hype that people are expecting that uh, in this conquest, when we're going through the two blocks of uh, Phyrexia again, then in the second block, we haven't had it leaked yet, we're finally going to get the colorless Praetor, which uh, they've been, you know, doing some conspiracies that uh, the colorless Praetor is the original Praetor. It's like the soul of old Phyrexia. Oh, shit. And that the colors rose up to stop the colorless and make their own uh, own path. Interesting. I have not heard this before. And if right. that's the case. So he should, he should uh, see if he can write a fake colorless Praetor for the night as well. Yeah, like like you're saying, use the template maybe of like uh, soul of Phyrexia, new Phyrexia kind of a thing there. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you said that, it's like, oh shit, that is a thing. There's even even like a was it three three years ago was posted on Reddit. Uh, Someone made it so the Praetor had affinity for artifacts. Um, Artifacts that you control is whenever a permanent becomes the target of a spell, there's one or more colors first time countered the spell, so it's protecting all colorless uh, um, pieces. And then artifacts your opponents control whenever it becomes a target, they have to sacrifice it if it's colored. So it just hates on color, protects colorless. I think it's a good flavor. They should add that. Listen, hey, 
Mark Rosewater, I know you already did the set, but throw, throw in us a course set one for us, please. There we go. I'd be on in that. We know Mark totally listens to This Week in MTG. He needs his news. He, he needs his MTG news fix. He does. I got a question for you, Robs, here real quick from Crazy Mage in the chat. You guys ever wonder if the various species of aliens, to the various species of aliens, are we just Australia to them? Crikey. <laughs> I mean, some, some comments, you know. You, you can't pick your comments. There's your answer, my dude. Can't pick your comments. And then the final upcoming event we have is J-Dub's Modern 2K happening March 25th with a 12 p.m. start time. More God, information. I hope I don't have to run. <laughs> Hopefully. I could barely make a 1K when they were doing the jogging. A 2K is going to be good. Normally it's 5K. No, they're doing a 2K for me because I'm fat. Hey, it works nonetheless. It'll get you there. Have you ever played Zombie Run before? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just dead immediately. So what's the point? <laughs> it's this, Where's uh, my inhaler? I'm a zombie. And the best zombie ever. So yeah, J-Dubs has their event coming up March 25th. Will I participate in that? Maybe. Will I? We'll see. Yeah. But from there, we're ready to jump into the news. Rob's? Ready to take us uh, off Command here? Fest returns. Um, I'm just going to read from this uh, delightful headline. Are you unable to make it to some of the future Magicons or large MPT events this coming year? Well, Wizards of the Coast last week on the weekly MTG stream announced another one in the year that you might be able to attend. Magic Fest, ret- or excuse me, Commander Fest returns. Command Fest is a series of events that are meant to celebrate all things Commander. The first scheduled event is taking place in Seattle, Washington. Uh, hosted by Laughing Dragon. Uh, next one is Richmond, Virginia, hosted by Star City Games. And um, Orlando, Florida, hosted by CoolStuffInc.com. And at Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, hosted by Pastime Games. Each one of the locations will be having the event happen the weekend of April 14th and 16th. That's only five weeks away, according to this writing. Um With each of these events getting hosted by different organizations, prices and packages may vary. At the time of writing, Orlando has a single-day pass at $65 and three-day passes for $160, along with a VIP package for $250. And even like Blizzard does for World of Warcraft, they have an at-home package for $150, so you're not going to miss out. Uh, Seattle prices are fifty bucks for a single day and one hundred fifty for the weekend, and there's also a VIP pass for two thirty, so it's a little cheaper if you're in Washington. We have all the links down below the episodes. Check them out. And let us know if you're going. Uh, doubt we're going to, but you never know. If someone wants to Patreon us a ticket, we're in. Maybe we can at least do the uh, the virtual pass. Yeah, virtual pass for um, Seattle or uh, Orlando. Would seem Worst like case cold. scenario, we got Discord. We'll call Hangout in our Discord watching uh, watching the event. We'll do a stream party or something oh, dude. if someone got the digital pass. It's been so while since been a while since we've done any kind of a stream party. Last one I remember doing was uh, the Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show, and that was fucking oh, a few years ago. Yeah, a few years ago, and I think you guys got a little shit face for that. Oh, we got fucking we got fucking toasty, fucking Lockheed, awesome. Lockheed that beast man. The fact that he showed that script that came with it is oh, it's so enjoyable. Show so yes. enjoyable. But no, Command Fest coming back, and 
this is going to be the first of many that they haven't announced yet for the rest of the year. So we can expect maybe like another one or two command fests um, that are going to be scheduled on a same weekend at some point throughout the year. So, well, considering that you know seventy percent of the player base is playing commander, you know that's it's their number one format. Period. It has, it has beaten it all. Uh, next piece of news: Wizards of the Coast named as one of the most uh, innovative companies, according to BusinessWire.com, on March second. Wizards of the Coast has been named the fat uh, named to Fast Company's prestigious annual list of world's most innovative companies for 2023. The article goes to say Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast focus on building on the strong legacy of innovation in gaming and collecting with our communities around the globe. Dungeons and Dragons and Magic: The Gathering now each with over 50 million players worldwide, now have historically thrived in a person-and-person tabletop setting. But over the past few years, which is the coast, rolled out companion digital uh, innovatives like Magic, The Gathering Arena, D&D Beyond, and Spelltaber to give the opportunity for immersive and engaging play from their computer or mobile devices. Uh, then there's a note here. It says, insert typical Danny Soapbox speech about Wizards of the Coast fucking shit up. Uh, thank you. I, I thought I was going to have to add that. Um, I, I forget about the award of most innovatively uh, to sell out and uh, ruin your wallet. But hey, there's a reason we're here is we still love it. Right. Man, magic is going to be one of those things. Wizards of the Coast knows what they got. We're going to be talking about this shit. They're going to be having people buying their shit. We're going to be talking about their shit. They're, they fucking know. They fucking know. I can't do Danny's soapbox any justice because that's a Danny's soapbox that I cannot I cannot emulate his energy <laughs> when it comes to just shitting on Hasbro so much. Uh, oh, I feel like we wouldn't do it justice if we didn't uh, do the livestock update. And as of this uh, recording, it is 54 dollars and 18 cents a share so it's still in the shitter you know it's not uh it's not what it was by any measure so no it is not i know no just kidding (laughs) don't take financial advice from fat nerds on the internet yeah consult your uh cpa and yeah you gotta consult your jewish old white uh businessman Uh, that's the demographic you're looking at they know that shit they do if I'm not mistaken, I think Hasbro at its lowest when COVID hit, I think it dropped to like 46 and stuff. Right. So it's like, it's pretty close to that shit right now. I think Big G was saying when he picked up a bunch of his stock is that he was, uh, he, he was around the 50 bucks, uh, 50 something buck range when he picked up his stock. Yeah, there. it's not far off, but compared to, to what it was, it's a swift kick in the teeth. We got Casey in the chat saying, the innovation, print more cards, make more money. <laughs> yes, innovative. Make those wallets thick. Uh, we also got banned and restricted update. There's no surprise here, uh, at least for one of them. Expressive iteration. If you haven't seen the card, it uh, allows you to filter through your deck. Like, is it was expected to? Eventually, we would have gotten to this card anytime. Um, in Legacy, is not shocked that it's being uh, banned there. If you're looking for legacy pieces, you're looking for ways to find your combo so you can win turn one, not shocked that this is banned. Uh, The other piece is White Plume Adventurer is banned in Legacy. White Plume Adventurer is part of the uh, dungeon uh, 
combos that we're seeing really infect uh, Legacy specifically. Uh, people don't understand uh, a ton about the dungeon combos being detrimental to Legacy, but when you have loops of them going through a dungeon, it uh, really drags the game out. So, um, not shocking. I didn't expect this one to be here, but that's the only uh, only two bans and restrictions right now. Uh, personally, I'm a commander player, and I'm still going to say that... Uh, what's that one uh, white drop where you can't play any card outside of your hand? Oh, Janeth Magistrate? Yes. That, in my opinion, still needs to be uh, banned. Uh, it's not it's because it's a hate card. It's because the entire format re- revolves around your command zone. And having a card that just shuts down everyone's command zone feels completely unintentional. It's like you're not allowed to lay land in a game of magic. It's that critical to the building structure. Um, it's easy to remove. It's it's not uh, anything uh, special, but I feel like it's just toxic enough that it needs to be removed. I still feel like that's going to happen. I think they're going to wait until that set drops out of standard, and then they're going to ban it. That's oh, just my personal belief. Drath Magistrate's already out of standard. It's been out for a while. Uh, it was a choreo when that card really, came They out. have a historic brawl that they're really milking it out of. No, no. What is it called? Alchemy? Alchemy on Arena? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. El- uh, they got- that's the only reason it's hanging there. So I don't know if Al- Alchemy is going to have a rotation or they're going to fa- uh, feel like they're getting enough money out of it. But once that uh, part in their measurements hit, that's when I feel like it's going to drop out. So Alchemy is Arena only cards and also uh, that uh, Arena Alchemy is like the standard version of. Arena only with alchemy cards that have things like um, conjure and ser- uh, not search, seek, sne- and stuff like that. Seek, seek. There we go. Uh, so it has like that, and then you got historic uh, alchemy, which then Draneth Magistrate would fall into that. And I think people play that a lot, or in, in amounts, not a lot. I still see the, Twitch the streamers. The point is, Magic has got to get their money out of it with uh, Arena before they, they drop it out. That, I think, is the only thing holding it back because enough people will complain. Robs, have you seen the uh, the pack, uh, the, the golden pack structure that they have on Arena right now where every amount of money that you spend, you get a golden pack. Yes. And you get that, yes. that adds to your pack pro- progressions that way. Then you can get rare wild cards and stuff through that. Do you have a, do you have a take on that? Uh, but well, what's the take that they like money a lot and they're trying to incentivize <laughs> purchases? I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's like, hey, uh, buy more. You can't even get a pet in there unless you spend money. Like, yeah. it's not shocked that there's only paid for sections of this game. Yeah, not surprised. Ooh. Magic is doing a great job at that. And Arena is like a good example of how they are just kind of like spend money to do shit. At least like in paper, you can. Maybe Arena falls back in the whole dusting argument that uh, was rampant for a while and then just kind of died down when Wizards said, we're not planning to do a dusting thing like at all with whatever that fucking... Was it a year ago when Blake Rasmussen had that guy on that was their like Arena head of uh, head of development that was like, yeah, we, we're not going to be doing dusting <laughs> in Arena. We want you guys to be buying these cards. Right. And uh, oh, I guess quick little arena news. Right now, they have the um, a, a new update is that you can now have a preferred 
card shown. So typically, if you're looking at your whole collection, uh, an example would be like you have the five different versions of Opt. You can now select what preferred version that you want, and it only shows that one preferred version. So it doesn't make it look like a whole page of Opt or all the different versions of Lands and all that stuff. That is now live and implemented. So if you haven't updated your arena client yet to do that and you will now be able to have your preferred card style setting there i mean we already have the things from the brothers war that show old borders and whatnot i want them to go back and i want to have like mono brown decks again so if they can pull in like yes i realize they haven't had odyssey they haven't had chronicles they haven't had some of those old uh old borders in there but if they could import those for some of the cards like for instance unsummon that's from Alpha. And pull in an old border yeah, for and, that and then put all these old borders into like I spend money pack on Arena so that I can make my deck look like I too have uh, arthritis. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Old right, you want to you want us to spend money. I'll crack my wallet right there. That is an amazing or not an amazing like that is uh that is an example of Wizards missing maybe not missing like they're just slow to do with time spiral remastered and they had their old border sheets and they just kind of like rejuvenated old borders like they've been hitting it ever since like they added in the modern horizons 2 dominaria remastered set like the old border people are going crazy for having old bordered cards and especially of new cards in that old border i'm thinking you know like true name nemesis mystic sanctuary as a couple examples where they were never going to be get printed uh in old border and i was just like boom give it an old border and that shit is good and magic players want that shit well, I think we have uh, the finance section. So, Conjure Currency uh, section, we cover the finances and notable cards and price trends. The main resource we use is an amazing site called MTG Stocks, who come out with a weekly winner's article that goes for uh, three to five cards that are going up in price and three that are moving down. The weekly winners uh, drop on Friday, so we record Monday, so if there's any price differences, we'll let you know. Here are uh, the past weekly winners. Totally yeah, uh, getting the correct date. question for you have you have you read the article yet of uh uh, the the weekly winners article from mtg stocks where it talks about those three to five cards i have uh i have perused it you have perused it dang it okay so typically one thing that we've we've been doing is if someone hasn't read it we ask them questions uh that we read them the card and we ask them what format is causing this card to move up or what is causing this card to move up i knew number one like Coming into the episode, sitting down, not looking at the article, I knew number one. Uh, number one is Shining Shoal. It is a two uh, white uh, and X card. It's an old arcane card from the Champions of Kamigawa. And, excuse me, uh, B-O-K. So, Betrayers Betrayers. of Kamigawa, not Champions. Forgive me. Dude, I get and, those confused all the time still, too. And how, that's how it goes. You may remove a white card from your hand with converted mana cost X rather than paying for this uh, mana cost. The next X damage of a source you would deal creature, um, target creature you control is dealt with target creature player instead. So this is not shocking. This is a uh, fury, anti-fury tech for humans. Uh, there's other uh, cheap combos. Anything that you see in magic history that says you may play this instead by dumping a card, just buy all those. Eventually they're going to go up in price, even the bad ones, for sure. Uh, this started back with the, um, 
force of will. You know, the force of will had a bunch of uh, there was one of each color. Dump a blue card, cast this for free. Uh, there was a bunch of them that came out, and over time, they all go up. Pick up a few copies. Yeah, even the ones that don't make sense will eventually, and you'll make bank. We we can look at the elementals and stuff that we have right now, and how those are pretty pretty rampant. And even with the uh, Modern Horizons one pitch cards, you know, like Force of Negation, Force of Despair, Force of Vigor, like all right. those are good, except for Force of Fury or whatever the one that makes the three ones. That one's kind of even. That's a little hard to work around, but it's still six damage for free that you can deal. There it's was not- a diarrhea set in Nemesis, and some of those cards exist in there that people don't uh, realize are still there. Pick them up for a commander set. If you want to do that, you know, cheaty, shitty uh, CEDH stuff, that, there's some seats in there, and they'll go up in price over time. Un- Unmask is from Nemesis, correct? That's a popper card because it's printed common there, and that's like a $15 common <laughs> the original printing uh, yeah that is uh marketing mask is close but yeah oh marketing mask uh snuff is stuff one of those that were in the those sets and you may exile a card from your hand yeah just bananas yeah those so cards you are see good. that functionality pick them up that is the first one uh yeah and that one again was a dollar uh bulk uh rare now is uh up to 12 bucks i'm gonna guess it's gonna rise a lot more people want the original prints and those are well printed sets in that uh that time frame so go down to uh pharesis outbreak pharesis outbreak three cost sorcery each opponent gets a poison counter then each creature your opponent control gets a negative one one and a turn for each poison counter that controller has and again all of these poison counter cards especially with the uh things like the rat king and uh, Doom Hive that have come out. Not shocked this is going to get a bump. And that's again uh, almost 400% bump. Yeah. Uh, next one is uh, Silifid Illusionist. I'm probably butchering that word. This is an old but gold one. I've seen only a few people in my play circles that uh, have this. Uh, whenever Silifid Illusionist comes to target a spell or ability, you may, uh, not may, you put the top three cards of your library in your graveyard, and it has the ability to pay three and tap prevent all combat damage that would be dealt uh, to target creature you control. So, uh, now that we've discussed it, I'm just reading the notes here, because I'm trying to figure out why this went up. Uh, This is not an unknown card for anyone that has a thing or two about legacy. It is included in a popular archetype called Coelophid Breakfast. Mm. It's called Cephalid, by the way. Huh? It's Cephalid is how it's pronounced. Cephalid? Cephalid. Breakfast. Cephalid Illusionist to see... Uh, whenever it becomes targeted and mills three cards, means that if you're not able to target repeatedly, you will mill many, many cards. Nomad Core, pay zero, redirect one damage from Nomad Core to a creature you control, enables us to redirect one damage to one target creature. This seems a bit odd, but if you can activate this ability infinite amount of times by targeting uh, Cephalid Illusionist, thus milling your entire library, and winning with Thassa's Oracle. Ooh! Thassa's Oracle combos for the win. The spicy tech. I am so sick of seeing Thassa's uh, Oracle. It can go away forever. It, 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 it's and I'm a mill guy. It's a card that when you see that, it's like, oh, how uh, in, uh, how expanding of you to be using Thassa's Oracle for this. Like, right. It's, it's at least good to see that you know, Cephalid Breakfast is making a, a, a slight comeback in Legacy as compared to just like the Demonic Consultation decks and the Doomsday decks of 
past. I have not heard of The Breakfast, actually, but before this, and I actually have watched a lot of Legacy, so. Yeah, uh, Cephalid Breakfast is, like, one of those OG Legacy decks, uh, from my understanding, like, it's just, it's just good. And before, before, um, it was, like, Narcomeva-based, uh, before Thassa's Oracle as the win condition, and it was just kind of, like, doing that, sacking with a Dread Return to get a big thing. I can't remember what their big thing was before but you get the narcomoebas sack them your dread returns in the graveyard and you get whatever whatever game winning creature at that point and you're just like come at me right so some cheap pickups that they uh, have noted for this week tamio's journal i think they they predicted that it's reached its bottom uh tamio's journal five uh colorless for a legendary artifact at the beginning of the upkeep you get it to investigate you create a two clue token that is an artifact that gives a lot of the ability to mana, sacrifice it to draw a card. Well, this uh, uh, artifact, Tamio's Journal, also has the ability to sacrifice three clues and search your library for a card and put it to your hand and shuffle. And with all of the amount of token shenanigans that's happening, yeah, yeah, this is going to go up. Modrak, you still have the um, Academy Manufacturer as a card. Like you make a clue, you investigate, you make a clue, and you get a food and a treasure from that. So it's like. Right. That kind of shit is Tamiya's journal. Five five mana legendary artifact, but it tutors pretty good. And you got it's an artifact, so you have plenty of ways to untap. You do like a corridor monitor, uh voltaic key kind of thing to untap to be able to like just sack more tokens to tutor more cards. So Dominaria Remastered was pretty popular with people and had a lot of different cards that weren't on the reserve list, but were some of in scarcity. Uh, we knew that a lot of these cards are going to get reprinted uh, in time anyway, but they did it in a flavorful set. So there's a lot of these obscure cards, even with the reprint, that are finally now beginning to uh, baseline. Now that the hype is over. So Time Stretch is uh, 10 total mana. Take two extra turns. Uh, you think that uh, something like this wouldn't be played, but when you're looking at a one-off and a commander... Uh, card pool and you're trying to uh go burr you want every single take extra turn card you can that's this is a must-have uh the only other card in my opinion that would do more than this is expropriate expropriate is one less mana and then it gets voted on timer money around the table but this just guarantees it right and, and also notice it is target player so you could be nice to somebody else right with you could have fun and mean so and this new team and, and this is the retro border frame of uh, from Dom, uh, Dominaria Remastered. I'll do one more. Um, this I'm a little shocked about because I figured that this would not stabilize so quickly. But uh, it is on the downward trend. Uh, Kibo, uh, Uktabi Prince. It's the Monkey Noble from Jumpstart. Now, what people Something don't understand noble. is this Monkey Noble is a long-going <laughs> meme for Magic's history. Uh, it's now finally down to under $10, but uh, just so I read the card, three total of mana, two colorless, one green, legendary creature, monkey noble. Uh, it has the ability to tap. Each player creates a banana artifact that has the ability to sacrifice it to add red or green mana and gain two life. <sighs> so you give everybody bananas, and then whenever an artifact an opponent controls is put in the graveyard from the battlefield, put a 1-1 counter onto uh each creature you control that's an apron monkey and whenever kibo attacks defending player has to sack an artifact 
So it's encouraging you to sack artifacts. It's giving you artifacts to sack, giving you ways to sack the artifacts, and then it grows bigger with the artifacts sacked. There's there's loops here. Yeah, people were hyped on Kibo when it first got like announced and stuff uh, from from Jumpstart, and I'm pretty sure if we look on EDH Rec, you're going to see that maybe it's still a popular card. Probably not right now with everything that's came. The group hug is uh, a different taste. People don't like giving people things for funsies. Oh, but in but in so, green green and red, there's so many good things to be able to give other people things like like this. Giving them bananas is really good. This is a deck. This is a card that I want to put in my 99 of my Jared Carthalion, uh, true true air hug deck, which is Nea based and and stuff. So, but Kiba. Well, what I'm trying to pull up the here we go. Type a line, look up ape. I'm using scryfall.com for those that don't know how to use the most advanced tool in Magic the Gathering's uh, template to find cards. Scryfall. So here it is. Uh, I'm butchering the name again. U-K-T-A-B-I. Utabi Orangutan. If you look on the card's artwork, this is an old card from 4th edition. It's, again, the same cost as Kibo, and it is a 3-drop for 2, and when it comes in to play, destroy target artifact. But if you look in the back, you'll see monkeys in a position where they look like they're in doggy style formation screwing. Um, <laughs> you should definitely check out this card. This is where the original uh, monkey came from. So this card came out. Then another card came out in Unseries where it showed the same artwork, but then the monkey was pregnant. And then now over a decade later, the actual monkey was born and is now a commander staple card, in my opinion. I know that whole fucking chain was just, ah, uh. You right, got, so you got on magic this. for finishing the meme. They fi- they finished it. The, they yeah. they finished. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, that they, is the uh, conjured currency for this. But uh, TCG so, uh, Sniper, if you're looking to pick up some cards uh, for cheap, go to TCGSniper.com. When you sign up, mention uh, the guys at this week in MTG podcast, and they'll send you three months for free of their premium package. So then you can look up any monkey you so choose, watch it when it goes to the very cheapest, and then snipe that guy. And you can watch them as, I guess, they make more Kibas. You could also buy the whole family. You could buy the whole family. Just get get yeah. on that monkey buying train there. TCG Sniper is really good. And uh, they, they, they got so much stuff planned and working on. They, they're growing so much. Like, I think this last... At the beginning of 2023 here, they expanded and had so many more people sign on. Sign yes, it, it's been it's been a fun, fun ride. Uh, now, at the end of the podcast that we're coming to, uh, I have two of my own picks that I think people should uh, pick up. Uh, we've talked a lot about green cards, so why not continue? I'll do one old and one new, right? So the new one that people should be getting is the Brothers War Staple Hay- Haywire Mite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one drop colorless artifact. Uh, it's a one one insect. When it dies, gain two life. But more importantly, because that right there is a bungus card, uh, pay one, sacrifice Haywire Might, and exile target non creature artifact or non creature enchantment. So it's it's a blocker, right? We know how good the uh, low drop 
things like spore frog do. It's fog in a deck. Well, this is naturalize on a card that exiles. Uh, definitely, if you're playing green, uh, consider this instead of playing other things uh, to remove artifacts and enchantments. This is a solid, solid card. It's so good. Uh, pick it up, and foils are still cheap. Yeah, the fact that it exiles, it makes it hard for any kind of loops to continue of if they put an artifact into the graveyard. One that comes off the top of my, off of my head is like Mind uh, mind Slaver. You know, you just exile that thing. And that's a creature. This is a creature that's uh, very versatile for that. Mind Mind. Get picked up by Urza Saga. Get picked up by Tinker, uh, Tinker Mage and stuff if you're in a Simic deck. I love Tinker Mage. Now, I love studying Magic's history because I like finding old but gold cards that people have don't even have a clue existed unless you were back in the day. So uh, another one that we have is in all the metas, we're dealing with nothing but treasure. Treasure's everywhere. It's getting worse and worse. We still have, uh, what was that, uh, one or two drop uh, pirate that uh, gives treasure in red. That Dockside Extortionist. Are, I think it's like 60 bucks. Yeah, Dockside Extortionist. extortionist. And that is uh, still a, a still premium card that people are trying to get. And it is one that is on the uh, Commander RC's radar that they've said, nah, I think everybody's still good with it and stuff. So Yeah, it's treasures are not going away. They're even on the, was it the treasure dragon uh, that gives you a shitload of treasures when it comes in roll a, di- a D20. Oh, treasures are everywhere. Yeah, the brass dragon. And then you got like uh, gold span dragon as well. Yeah, Magic the Gathering is trying to get Bruno Mars like they did Post Malone. That's my theory. Um, but if your playgroup is doing nothing but treasures, consider putting an uh, old but gold card in called Titania's Song. Yes. Titania's Song. Oh. Yes, you, you know this. Old I but gold. know this one. I have the original print from uh, Antiquities, and it's very – Antiquities cards, they, they're, it doesn't matter if it's garbage or not. It's old print. This is still cheap. You should get this. It's a very easy pickup. Uh, four drop, three colorless, one green enchantment. And I do have to read the errata <laughs> yeah. because the old soup yeah. is just a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole novel of text compared to like the the errata two sentences probably that it is now. <laughs> oh, it's, it's still a little bit long, but the okay. abilities are each non-creature artifact loses all abilities and becomes a creature with power and toughness equal to its converted mana cost. Um, lots of fun, because the last wordings are, if Titania's song leaves the battlefield, this effect continues until the end of turn. So they it's even lasts longer than originally would intended with the normal print. And that's still true. So let's pretend you play this, right? Soul Ring is now a 1-1 creature that can't tap for mana. Uh, all of the Moxin which are zero cost, all of the treasures that are zero cost, all of the food, the clues, all of it are all just dead. They're zero, zero creatures that immediately die because they lose their abilities. You have board wiped all the bullshit tokens off the board. I, I would argue as well that this does more than just treasures. Is Well, I mean, it does more than just treasures, but things of note are things like the swords, Swords of Body and Mind, or War and Every Peace. sword is now Feast just a vanilla 3-3 creature. Yeah, and those are back-breaking swords, like when they connect. And you don't have to worry about that now with pre, uh, uh, Titania Song. And for those that don't uh, know how good turning a artifact into a creature, let's say those swords were already equipped, or any other equipment was equipped. 
when they turn into a creature, they all fall off the body. Mm-hmm. They they no longer oh, yeah. attached. So things- huge card. Pick it up. It's real cheap. The last printing uh, I think is still uh, quite old. It's fifth edition. Was fifth edition the newest printing of it? Jesus, that is uh, again revised um, antiquities. I'm trying to see if there's any others. Fourth and fifth edition, which what makes it cheap. But even an antiquities copy, twelve dollars for antiquities. We're talking the original potato border. Make it happen. Get this in your commander deck. Make hate on some hate on some treasure and tokens. Yeah, Art- artifacts in general too. I'm just thinking panharmonic panharmonicon. No longer fucking a, a thing. Poof, poof. Yeah, uh, Titania song. One of my favorite. One of my favorite cards for that is like t- side tech to to deal with that shit. Uh, well, that and new players know Titania because we have from uh, um, Brothers War Dominaria. They know Titania from all the new printings. So this will be like, oh, what old Titania? And they actually have the original art of Titania on the card. This is the I think the first time it appeared as Titania on a card. Oh, really? So, okay. Fun throwback. But yeah, that's uh, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of the episode of This Week in MDG. Uh, we already thank the Patreons, but they just keep getting thanked. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Uh, thanks to J-Dubs Sports and Cards and Gaming for sponsoring us. And if you'd like anything magic-related, check them out. Um, now, if neither of you have anything else you want to say, I, I, see, I see the script here. Yes. If neither of us have anything we want to say... Uh, we'll see you next week. Although we we have some some return to Oko news, I think we're missing. Yeah. So um, what we do here is this is where we end the podcast, and like this, uh, the the podcast is a separate podcast that I then edit to then post out on Fridays. And this is just kind of like a, a fifteen minute kind of a thing, you know, where we just kind of like get more opinionated kind of kind of shit there, uh, and it kind of breaks up the podcast to take off that 15-20 minute of just like having an opinion piece and have it be its own podcast, so I the editing for for the night just makes it way easier this way, so yes. uh, we will catch so with that out of the way, we will catch you next time and turn into podcast and turn into podcast, and so as I stop this recording Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Called out the oo-oo.